Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. Hello everyone and welcome back to the WTF1 podcast episode 12. I'm Matt. I'm Tommy. And I'm Jess. And it's the Hungarian Grand Prix. Hello everyone, we're Hi. back. Yay. Can't wait to talk about not the greatest race ever. It was alright. It was alright? It was alright. Yeah. Decent. Decent enough. Yeah. And Jess, you're obviously here again. I am. So excited to be back in the cupboard. Uh, we're, we're here for another another episode. Fresh. Because uh, we were actually so happy with our last podcast we loved day, it, weren't yeah. we? We really enjoyed yeah. it. It was really cool and nice and... yeah. Uh, it was like yeah. 39 degrees and it smelled horrific when we came out. But it looks good, doesn't it? Look, like, shawl and... I feel like we're just embracing it. Yeah. yeah, we're rocking it. And uh, for pe- people that didn't see the last podcast, we're basically in an interim period of moving offices. And so we thought we'd, uh, we'd, we'd, we'd ground ourselves. In a cupboard. In a cupboard. And I actually quite like it. We've made it our own. This is my favourite location so far. Even though I've had two locations. Anyway, (laughs) so three word race reviews. I'm going to go with... I'm going to go first, which I don't think I've ever done. Purely because I pre-prepared the last two minutes ago. Um, Bottas bottles again. Wow. Okay. Fair assessment. Mm. I mean, it's a a different kind of comparison. It's not the same bottle as he's done (laughs) before, but... He, he, I guess you could even use again because he had more than one incident in the race where he made a mistake yeah. he, and he just had a terrible race. He bottled it at the start of the season for not going for moves and then he finally got his elbows out and decided to smack everyone with his <laughs> elbows out. Yeah. yeah, he got his elbows out at the time when he shouldn't have got his elbows out, when he didn't have the car underneath him with the tyres that he was on. Like, get his elbows out in Bahrain, not now. Yeah, yeah. Do you agree, Jess? Um, no. No? Okay, cool. I actually don't think Bottas bottled anything. Oh. I I think, again, it was um, a case of um, being forced onto a strategy that ne- not necessarily was his original plan A, um, forced on them by Ferrari. So he had to go in early. That meant his tyres were older. I'm clattering my jewellery everywhere. Please, no, make more noise. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so like, his tyres were older, I'm, I'm and the then tables. I'm just going <laughs> to... Flip the damn table. <laughs> Hello, I'm back. Here we go. Um, no, I just I don't th- I don't think it was his fault. And I think we're going to dive into it in a little bit more detail um, once we've got through our three-way race reviews. But I don't think that any of those instances were his fault. And I'm going to say it right at the beginning of the podcast. I don't think he should have got a penalty. Oh God! Diving now straight that is in. a serious disagreement. We're going to have a little bit later on. Tommy, uh, mine is. Mercedes rain fortune. <laughs> Those just sound like <laughs> three <laughs> random words. Yeah, that was literally you just making yeah, it up on the spot. I was making it up spot. on the spot. Could you tell? I mean, did you yeah. not know that it was no, coming to you? Um, me? I, I had a better one, but I forgot it. But it was along those lines. <laughs> well, mine's uh, similar. So shall I yeah. see if I... Mine Go was on. rain delivers again. Yeah, but mine was more the fact that it was... It definitely favoured Mercedes... Um, if you go on free practice results and what the pace was looking like, you thought this was Ferrari's weekend, uh, maybe Vettel's chance to hit back and deliver points. And, you know, you can say that Mercedes got lucky because of the rain, but, I mean, to be fair to Hamilton and Bottas, they delivered 
the laps when it mattered yeah. to do it like they took their opportunity and on a track where it's difficult to overtake them starting one two it worked out perfectly for them exactly and you can't you can't really argue that although we don't know what their wet weather pace are like in comparison because we didn't really see much from free practice but wet weather pretty much equalizes it for, for everyone mm. so it is very much the best drivers will perform or at least you know if you can get a lap in then then you'll be near the front and mercedes smashed qualifying and in my opinion deserved to win the race yeah and interestingly enough red bull were nowhere on yeah, a track really that they thought they were going to completely nail and that's why they took and Ricardo's wet penalty as, wet earlier weather on. as well like you'd think that would play right into their hands yeah. especially verstappen but he couldn't deliver. Ricardo didn't deliver. It was yeah, weird. it was interesting. Like because they were saying that they don't actually test. They don't do any testing on wet tires. Um, did, well, maybe they did. Did they do a little bit in Barcelona? Technically, when it was like yeah, torrential yeah, bit, and yeah. when it was snowy and all that kind of thing. But um, so they don't get to test the aerodynamics. So some you'll you'll literally just have just have to find out on a wet race if your car's any good in the wet with the wet tires. Yeah. Um, which is interesting, but such a shame because I think, you know, this was probably one of the last opportunities that Red Bull were, were going to have Singapore, to be dominant. Singapore, Apart from Singapore, Singapore yeah, but yeah. even then, like, argue, I think maybe Ferrari will, well, as we thought here, we thought Ferrari were going to run away with it here, but they didn't. Um, it's a shame the grid wasn't might, more mixed up yeah. when essentially you got wet running and I said it so many times during the weekend, I cannot believe we actually saw people running on full wet Pirelli tyres mm. because normally that just means red, red flag. flag. Yeah. Like it's inters yeah. or red flag. <laughs> so finally you got to see, we, I, I said, I'm sure you guys have already said it, that if it takes you two minutes to do a lap, so be it. If you stay on the track, do the lap. Because they were doing like 140s in, yeah. in the session. Like finally you got to see a bit of wet running and, you know, you got a few surprises, I guess, with Gasly and Science getting fifth and sixth, mm. which was pretty cool. Yeah, definitely. Although we're talking a lot about qualifying, uh, not not so yeah. much about the race. Um, let's move. <laughs> let's move to the race. My uh, qualifying review. <laughs> yeah. uh, three word race review from fans. Uh, we have bo- uh, at Henrob three two one boring until crashes. At Sean underscore C underscore Ryan interesting Mercedes tactics. At H K Nachian Bottas bumper cars. At the Adam Goh. But Bottas went Maldonado and at underscore George dot Alex underscore Maldonado felt proud. Uh, so I think with the amount of Mercedes uh, messages there, we'll talk about the Bottas versus Vettel and then Bottas versus Ricardo incidents. Um, from my perspective, Bottas did well to keep Vettel back uh, as long as he did, especially at that first kind of five laps or so, because Vettel was very much on fresh tyres and, and Bottas is in, in the middle of his stint, essentially. Um and and then Vettel had to to drop back, didn't it? Because it was it was more down to the F1 cars and how they still can't follow. Yeah. But he had to drop back three four seconds, which in Vett- uh, if if you just kind of put yourself in Vettel's shoes, that's a really good move from him because he could have easily tried and tried and tried to to get past Bottas on fresher tyres than he was, shred his tyres and completely messed yeah. his tyres and probably finished fourth. Kimi probably would have got him as well. So mm. um, and then obviously the incident as well, which was which was interesting, wasn't it? Yeah, he kind of. It was all sort of... It was weird because you thought... It's one of those races where you wanted a bit of tie wear at the end just to see if it would pay off. I mean, you mentioned it earlier, Bottas. They they pitted him so early and realistically, they're at the point now, however much both teams say that they don't have a number two driver, both teams in that race, it was very much a uh, race where you saw that 
they're willing to just sacrifice their second driver essentially put on a bit of a weird strategy in the hope that it pushes that they're using their second drivers as pawns basically mm. against the big guys but i mean that's that's why agree. you have two drivers yes yeah. right? oh yeah absolutely so you yeah. can test multiple strategies in order to get the biggest benefit at the end so i don't blame them for doing that but you're right i think they're definitely picking the same driver to have the potentially like lesser but again you know, it's it's the same. Like when they're on track, the leading car has the gets the choice of strategy. Yeah. I think the leading driver in the championship gets the choice of overall strategy too. So it's not a case. I think yeah, you're right. It's it it does it just kind of smack of oh well, you know, if if they hadn't have pulled them in early, would they have been right up there and challenging? Mm. But you know, that's not what a team. That's not how the way a team thinks. And again, we kind of touched on it on the last podcast, but. You know, teams are there to maximise on points and win championships. So it's yeah. their prerogative to test out. Oh, yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, but it, it ultimately led to a pretty interesting end to the race. Laps, yeah. So about the number two driver strategies, uh, at the end of the day, they're both second to their teammates in mm-hmm. the race. So you've got Bottas behind Hamilton. He was nowhere near the pace of Hamilton. Mm-hmm. He had to do something different, had to cover off Kimi. And if you're in Ferrari's shoes, you've got to do something different as well. You're trying to beat Bottas. And if you keep them both on the same strategy, are you going to beat Bottas? No, because Bottas will just mirror the strategy of the Ferraris. So, and Kimmy getting overtaken by Vettel. I mean, I was just there like, oh my goodness me. You know, it's what, Kimmy's one chance to maybe be the leading Ferrari to take it to Mercedes. And then he gets passed around the outside. And I'm pretty sure that move around the outside has, has been a very common move at Hungary because there mm. just seems to be a lot more or, or as good a grip around the outside as there is on the inside. So uh, Kimmy clearly didn't And Vettel was on worse tyres as well. Yeah, he was, he was on, on soft. soft. He had yeah. a terrible start. If anything, yeah. Kimmy should have been making moves. But anyway, I don't think it was more of a number two driver thing. Bottas was forced onto the strategy and then they had... To, and Hamilton didn't have to react to Kimmy because he was long gone. So... Anyway, let's move on. That was my uh, point. At the Danny play, comes in with was Bottas at fault for the accidents he was involved in. Okay, this is where uh, me and Jess are going to disagree, yes. apparently. Uh, so the first one was obviously with Vettel. Bottas was 100% at fault for that, I, I think. It was, I think it was a racing incident, oh, yeah. but it was more Bottas's fault than Vettel. I can't believe people blame Vettel for that. I, no, was, pe- I was completely shocked by that. Someone said in IBR that they were like, um, oh, you know, uh, Vettel pinched or squeezed Bottas. It's well, like they Bottas said it was... on, uh, I think it was, I'm sure it was Brundle. And then I think David Coulthard said it on Channel 4 as well. And yes, if that had been um, Bottas on fresher tyres, maybe you go, all right, he's going on the inside. Yeah. But like he's just been past, he's got no grip for a start out the corner. So Vettel was f- fully ahead. Yeah. Like you can see the... The shadow from under the bridge that Vettel's car is actually like completely, completely ahead. ahead. Yeah. So of course he's going to turn into that corner, and you've got to think that even if he had taken a wider line, the way Bottas was steaming up the inside anyway, he was probably going to hit him regardless of mm. if he'd left even more room. And yeah, it's a racing incident. I think I think they got got it spot on there that it was a racing incident. But I'd put more blame on Bottas just for the fact that he should have known back out if it was. Verstappen or Grosjean would have been saying just back out your tyres are shredded protect third get points for the constructors title I mean it's it's a hopeless attempt really I didn't put any blame on Vettel for that incident 
as you say, he was clearly ahead. And in the regulations, it states that you have to be at least half a car length alongside. He wasn't even close. No, and, and Vettel is literally just taking the corner. Maybe he's taking a slightly defensive line, which he is absolutely entitled to do. And Bottas has just tried to stick one up the inside. So for me, 100% Bottas's fault. I don't think he stuck one up the inside. I think he was obviously defending hard. He didn't want to relinquish that place, but he was kind of in a desperate situation. But, you know, good on him for not just giving up and going, right, you can go around me, that's fine. Um, I think, you know, it was a risky move from Vettel. By closing the door like that, which I agree he was entitled to do. Mm -hmm. In that point, I I completely agree. On a car in Bottas's state, because, I mean, Bottas understeered, couldn't break, so... Vettel would have been, he was I think Vettel and Bottas were really lucky they didn't wipe each other out. Oh yeah, Vettel I think was really, but, really lucky he didn't more, get a puncture. Yeah. More risk on Vettel. He can't he couldn't afford mm. to lose any more points to yeah. to Hamilton yeah. than he already was. So for me I think it was a it was a risky move from Vettel which ended up playing out, so fair enough. But I don't I don't think I don't think Bottas was trying to stick it up the inside. I think he genuinely just try, was trying to make it around the corner with a fighting chance of being able to to pull back but I don't think he was making like it wasn't a dive bomb move or anything like that so I agree with you all as I think it was a racing incident but I don't I I honestly think it's a pretty 50-50 move for me personally I think Vettel it was pretty it was pretty ballsy and Bottas it was unfortunate they just didn't have the the grip left yeah I don't, I don't think the Vettel move itself was was risky because for me you know he let Bottas drift wide did the cut back he was through and the only thing that I find maybe risky or at least a bit strange was Vettel's line through turn three which mm. which you mentioned yeah. so you know for me I, I don't know why he braked almost a little bit earlier so that he could keep the inside line like you could mm. just easily just make make be a bit safer but for me he may have he may have just messed up his braking slightly and wanted mm-hmm. to go deeper but um mm-hmm. but yeah, yeah you tell me yeah, I, I completely agree. There There is, like I said, I think 20, 30% of it. Vettel, you know, I guess he's he's going for a championship. And like you say, if he'd have done that and been completely wiped out, it's he's, he is taking a risk, but I think he is entitled to go for that chop. It's, I think, yeah, I think they got it spot on with a racing but, incident. But again, I don't, is, is it, I'm just trying to go through the thought process of why Vettel made that move there, just purely based on the fact that all the move in the move, in the way that he did. I think he was desperate as well that he so many times he saw Bottas came out the corner. He finally got alongside him so he could do the switchback, and you saw Bottas coming off turn one, yeah, or yes. two, as it, yeah. yeah, and his wheels were spinning. He got no traction, so that was like. This is my chance. I need to make this happen. Yeah. yeah. Close the door. And it's racing instinct yeah. at the end of the day, isn't it? Yeah. Like 180 miles an hour. And then I'll sit <laughs> there going, or oh, maybe I'll hold off and I'll get him at turn six yeah. or something. Yeah. Like and it, it is one, the one and only opportunity, really, across yeah. the lap to, to do it. So it's always with these things, it's happening at 180 miles an hour. And yeah. then you watch yeah. slow mo replays like eight later. times. <laughs> and then you go, actually. And it's like, They've got that one chance. Let's move on to the more interesting one, which is Bottas versus Ricardo, which uh, obviously Bottas got a penalty and was also told by Mercedes to let Ricardo back through. Yeah, um, weird, weird. that was stupid of them. I, I, I really... don't know why they would do that because Bottas was never going to get any more than a ten-second penalty anyway. And also, if he if he crashed into him, like you can't crash into someone and then go, oh, "I'll let you back I'm through." Sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like <laughs> yeah. you're going to get a penalty, so Bottas might as well have carried on and then argue it afterwards. Yeah, and. In hindsight, yeah, he still would have just dropped behind and lost the place anyway, but they were going to gain nothing from 
dropping back personally. Yeah, yeah. And Ricardo gave him the, the finger as That he, was uh, amazing. Yeah. <laughs> I, yeah. I love how he has time to think about flipping the bird to him. Yeah. It's amazing. But yeah, I think for me that the instant if Bottas was to have stayed ahead of Ricardo throughout the rest of the race, Bottas slam dunk should have got a penalty for that. You know, Ricardo he was going around the outside of course, but you sh- it's not bumper cars that like you shouldn't have to deal with Bottas and the fact that his car, you know, his strategy was wrong. He's understeered completely into Ricardo. Ricardo has given him more than enough space. Like Bottas, hundred percent for me, deserved the penalty. But just uh, you don't think he deserved the penalty, so I'm interested as to why. I just don't. Again, I think it was a case of, yeah, okay, you have to manage the car that you have underneath you, um, and he'd already learnt through his incident with Seb that his car wasn't in the best position to to break as late as maybe he did but again you could see the car lock up um and i think we've just had instances in in the past where we've kind of we've been a bit more lenient on people where the car fails Mm. and yes okay as racing drivers they're meant to know the limits of the cars but i think you we you just seen how much he'd struggled through up until that point um i don't think he he was never going to make that that turn without causing a collision so yeah okay arguably do we say that he should have backed out but then we would have criticized him for backing out so I don't know I just don't for me again it's just a racing incident and it's a case that his 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 tires were gone and and his wing his wing was completely shredded he had no downforce it's like you know what we then you'd argue that's why he he should have known to back out because he's got all that damage do you know what I mean like I think I think the reason they gave him a penalty was because for me anyway is because it was a second incident he's already yeah. plowed into the side of someone that's the point where you need to be like okay I got away with that it was a racing incident but as, if you go steaming into the side of someone again that's where they need to say look I don't think he go. He, did, he, he didn't go steaming well, not, into well, the side. He didn't, but His he brakes still... failed. He locked up and he slid. He was literally he was a passenger in that situation. But for me, like that's that's where you know. It, his car is in a bad state and that was desperation from him like mm. he wasn't making the corner if ricardo wasn't there he was he used ricardo as a break a break essentially yeah. because yeah. he he had locked up and for me that is causing a collision which is under the rules of uh, you get a penalty for that so yeah, why should bottas be allowed to hit ricardo make the corner and then ricardo's car's damaged and carry on and, and yeah. get no no kind of mm. penalty so that's that's the the, the the kind of stance that i take on it let's quickly go to at real philip dome that sounds like he's like live on like so, so philip hi <laughs> it's not a call should bottas get a grid penalty instead of a useless time penalty so obviously his penalty that he got didn't affect his race position mm. um no i don't think so personally i think that's I think they've, they've done time penalties for pretty much everything this year. I think. But I guess that that's more of a question of do time penalties make a difference? Yeah. Um, whereas a grid penalty, regardless of what happens, will always make a difference to your race. I think we've said this in the last three podcasts. Yeah, I know. That's, <laughs> like, that's like, do you, do you penalise someone and go, oh, well, Hamilton won the race and he's 19 seconds ahead do you go, if we give him a 10 second penalty, even though it's worth a 10 second penalty, yeah. do you go, oh, well, it has to be 20 seconds because that eliminates a place. It's like, you just have to give the penalty and yeah, that's, I'm, that's I it. think there is, it's more about what's, what's the biggest deterrent, right? What's the biggest deterrent 
to stop drivers from making bullish moves and upsetting other people's races i personally i think a grid penalty is way worse than a time penalty especially Mm. given now that the front runners are so far ahead usually um yeah okay it does make a difference if the gap's tiny but it's it's too there's too many variables with time whereas a grid place penalty like that's you know you screwed you know the maximum even if you put in a stellar qualifying (laughs) lap and you get pole you're the the maximum you're starting is fifth so and it doesn't have to be five grid penalties they can change the amount of grid penalties um and and you know people are going to be less inclined to throw away their next race over i mean we saw in the last race hamilton started putting almost five seconds on Bottas because he knew that he could he could neutralize the penalty Mm. so or at least they'd still get a Mercedes one too so the fact that teams can play penalties yeah yeah, that's true I think I think that's that's not it's clearly then time isn't a big enough deterrent or you know it's it it can be it can be it's a weird one because then because then you argue that the midfield they and especially like say like McLaren Honda, they played penalties for years because yeah. they knew they were going to be last anyway. Got like we'll take car. forty yeah. place. Let's put all the new parts in, and then that's when it gets ridiculous as well. So yeah. it's a tough one for yeah. the stewards. And really, yeah, I I don't think you know as long as no one's benefiting from it. So like Bottas, you know, he smashed into Ricardo, but he was never going to get away with it. That ten second penalty still covered off the fact that he wouldn't beat Ricardo. And should he get any more than that? No, because I mean, Formula One drivers aren't constantly crashing into each other. I think that's when the issue happens when they all start dive bombing each other, knowing yeah. that there's 30 second gaps behind. But we know at this stage that at least they're not. For fear of it moving on to a Bottas podcast, let's quickly talk about him potentially being a number two driver because that was a big um, thing that he he went on social media about. But um, at the Adam Goss said Bottas the wingman. Uh, and there was a bit of drama between Wolf and Bottas, or potentially not. I don't think there was that much. I think everyone blew it out of proportion. But Wolf said it feels a bit bittersweet. I don't know why, because Valtteri would have deserved the podium because he was such a sensational wingman, which was a terrible, was like terrible a dagger in the heart for Bottas. Yeah. I think wasn't people. It? I mean, I can understand why he came out and said that. Like Bottas came out afterwards and said, "Well, that hurts." But to be honest, he was never going to be more than a wingman in that race. There was no, yeah. there was no point in that race where Bottas could have got. P1. So it doesn't matter. Like Lewis could equally have been Bottas's wingman. I mean, Bottas did act like a wingman. He stopped Vettel mm. on fresh tires from getting anywhere near Hamilton. And, so, at, and at the start as well, he covered the Ferrari exactly. brilliantly. So, yeah. so, you know, I don't think pe- people are taking this wildly out of context. I think, yes, okay, Toto Wolf is the, you know, team principal. He should think about his choice of words better. But oh my God, if we all did that, we would never say anything. <laughs> yeah. Like, like he, he didn't mean it that. No. Bottas is the number two driver. He He's meant it in like a great supporting role. He, which he, he was. protected Lewis's win and you know brought home some points for the team. Unfortunately, not as many as they were hoping for. But you know, it's like just get over it. I yeah. think it was a stressful race for Bottas, and I noticed even on um, Channel Four afterwards when uh, Lee McKenzie was interviewing, he, he looked very stressed. And Lee McKenzie, I think he was talking about his strategy, and he was like, "Oh, I pitted too early." And she like hit back with the question, oh, well, did they pit you early because they were just trying to cover the Ferraris? And it's almost like they're planting this thing in his head where it's, you know, he, he's feeling that pressure now of, yeah. he want, he, I guess because he's had such a great season and everyone's been talking about, oh, if he hadn't have had all this bad luck, he could be up there. Yeah. And now he's seeing himself 
and now people are saying like you're going to be a number two driver it must really be painful for him yeah definitely and he came out saying i have not called a meeting with the bosses for toto saying i was the perfect wingman in this race there is no need to i was disappointed with my end result in the race and saw everything in a negative way for a moment i know what he meant and i think and that with that we move on <laughs> <laughs> no more bottles <laughs> Uh, I love how we got the other number two Finn, Kimi Raikkonen. Uh, <laughs> um, there was quite an interesting thing about his drinks bottle and the fact that they forgot to connect it. And then there was this whole revelation of, oh, Kimi didn't have his drinks bottle. And then Marcus Ericsson came in with a tweet saying that he hadn't had a drink system installed for over two years. I because he hadn't had a drink for two years. <laughs> he hasn't had a drink. He's so I knew so he's a robot. <laughs> <laughs> um, because it weighs around one and a half kilograms. So they choose not to use it because of the weight. I think Ocon might be the same as well. Really, because they're well, quite yeah. tall drivers, yeah. aren't they? And you know, that's crazy to think when you, you know, you've got like the Singapore races and Bahrain and, you know, all these races where you're, oh, I can't even everyone imagine was, how hot everyone it is. was singing the praises of Kimmy, oh, wow, saying like, how is he doing this? Like, they're, yeah. you know, they're incredible athletes. And then Ericsson just drops like, oh, yeah, that, <laughs> no, I'd won for two years. It's, it's, it's quite it's impressive. impressive yeah. that, 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 I think <clears> that again highlights the athleticism of all these drivers that they can go an hour and a half absolutely hammering it i mean how many kilos do they lose on average three three i think oh, yeah, yeah it's yeah. three and that's three. just in sweat yeah and well losing water so that's that's incredible like can you imagine going to the gym and an hour and a half later being three kilos lighter you'd die like you <laughs> yeah. would actually yeah. die. like i think you would genuinely i, I would anyway because yeah. i'm not that fit so like i think yeah it, it is incredible but i guess you know how how much and this is a open question it might sound a bit ignorant how much can one and a half kilos save on a car like that i guess it's more to do with the driver mm. and does that have more to do with um i guess what what um people were calling for is that there should just be a standardized weight for yeah and they're doing that which is what year, they're doing yeah. exactly yeah it kind of it does time, highlight yeah, that because it, it's ridiculous that i mean do you remember when jensen button lost like a stupid amount and of weight as well like they look like skeletons it was yeah. scary i was it like was... how can you even hold the steering wheel in yeah. place because you've got no even nothing like, to you Ocon, like he's like a stick he's figure skinny. really yeah. and you're like how do you have the muscle to have an yeah. f1 car but obviously he does and i think that, but... lewis came out saying didn't he like he can't wait to get rid of his chicken legs yeah i saw that because yeah. uh, he, he can't have any muscle mass on his legs because he's got it's, yeah, it's it's, too, it weighs too much. It's you know it's dangerous as well. Like the fact that they you know Marcus Ericsson has been allowed to go without a drinks bottle for two years. Like how is that even like under health and safety regulations? But yeah, either or we'll move on. Uh, a slightly more uh, I guess negative and sad tone was uh, Sergio Marchionne's death, which mm -hmm. was a which kind of sort of highlighted the whole tough weekend for Ferrari and you know sad news for them and and it was quite it was really out of the blue, wasn't it? It was just... yeah. Well, he was ill, wasn't he? It came very quickly and then. Yeah. Yeah, it was a tough weekend for them. That, especially what I always find um, is they had the minute of silence before the race. I think that must be really hard on the team to essentially do that right before the race, and then they have to like get Twitch, straight yeah, in the motion start. Yeah, and they and... have to go into the frame of mind of like I always thought when uh, when they did. I think it was three years ago, same track, Hungary when uh, Bianchi died, mm. and all the drivers they had that like huddle around, and then it was like let's right, go racing. Race. And that race, I don't know if you remember, was absolutely crazy. And I was think it? yeah, I think people just couldn't you just you they couldn't snap let their head yeah. like get back into the zone or whatever. So yeah, it, it's a shame that they couldn't. I mean, they got a two three, but I think they're very much hoping for a one two, especially on a track that really suits them as well. Yeah, and it would have been a nice tribute uh, as well if they, if they had the pace, they could have done it. But um, 
yeah, moving on. Uh, another engine problem for Red Bull. Uh, <laughs> your your man Verstappen uh, out again. I Pre- mean, I was, waiting, I was waiting for the the triple <clears throat> like in Silverstone where all of oh, our favorite yeah. drivers were out. Like <laughs> mine was out in lap one. Yours was out in lap ten or something. It's and, crazy um, that he retired that early. I think I think the reason he was so frustrated was because it was so early, and we say it all the time that this hybrid era, like and. You probably hate this when you have to do the race rundown on uh, internet reactions and say 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 all the say all the names, but barely anyone retires from races. Not not like when I started watching, where like yeah. ten people finished a race. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but Red Bull, uh, I saw a stat that was uh, eight DNFs in twelve races now, which is just that is mad. horrendous. And and to do it in ten, uh, was it five laps, six laps, yeah. something like that, for your engine to go immediately is. Bad. Especially when you know the team, especially like around Hungary, were nowhere in comparison to where they've been in some races this this year. It's not like they're pushing the the car to a <clears> limit where they're they're up with Ferrari and Mercedes. Because I mean, maybe there's some kind of you know you can kind of take something from that if you know they're just pushing the car too hard. But Red Bull were nowhere a track that they expected to be really. Well, Toro Rosso at. beat them in quali. Yeah. So yeah. they had Gasly ahead of Max. Oh, Gasly mm. had another Bahrain weekend, didn't he? Yeah, yeah. he did. Very much just chilling in sixth, wasn't he? And yeah. that, I guess that shows that, you know, the Honda isn't as bad as everyone thought it was. Mm. And if, if the Honda, if Gasly's getting sixth, just think what a Red Bull chassis would do with that engine. Yeah, because it's all speculation it, it, at the moment. Yeah, I know, yeah. but like you'd think they'd be up there. I think it's the right decision for them to go to Honda completely, and I think... Interestingly, though, I have to I have to commend because obviously the one of the biggest stories to come out of it was um, Max's rather expletive full um, radio bit. message. Yeah. Um, but he did he has come out afterwards, which I think is really mature of him to kind of explain and to say, look, I was wrong. He did say like that message was wrong of me to say. Can but... I just quickly say that message for Stappen radio message? This is with the bleeps. Don't worry. Can I not just go ahead? I don't care if this engine blows up, Verstappen said on his team radio. What a joke all the time with this. Honestly. Well, well self-centered. Damn. Yeah. I should be well like done. a sensor machine. Carry on, Jess. But yeah, so I think I think I just wanted I just wanted to um, point out that um, it was I think it was good of him to come out and publicly say that he was wrong mm-hmm. to say that because the the thing is is like I, obviously they're frustrated. It smacks of like McLaren Honda. Um, Alonso frustrations, but it doesn't help anybody. Mm, I yeah. everybody's frustrated, but it really doesn't help anyone to just barrage and complain. I think the um, radio you can always take with a bit of a pinch of salt. They are high on adrenaline. Yeah, exactly, because <laughs> I noticed something else that came out of that race that was quite funny was um, uh, Grosjean took Alonso, didn't he, on the restart? Yeah. And Alonso straight away because. As is their natural instinct. I mean, they always complain about each other. And then as soon as they get out of the car and they can cool down. I mean, Alonso said, oh, I think Grosjean must have jumped the start there and <laughs> was complaining about it. Yeah. And now he's like addressed those comments and said, okay, fair play, Grosjean. You did fine. But obviously you, they can't be rational. Yeah when they're the driving 200 miles an hour and they the did? stress i would love it like I, I would love it in like an alternate universe where they all kind of take a breath and go oh no that's fine yeah. like, <laughs> and that everybody's like really well behaved Imagine i mean Alonso. it'd be it'd be boring but yeah. Yeah. just for one race it'd be really funny Alonso just coming over the radio that was a great move Grosjean. yeah yeah, yeah no good, good. Instead, yeah. instead of flipping the bird just like <laughs> clapping yeah. well done well done sir it. yeah you'd love it in the old days if you could have heard team radio for like 
Senna and Prost because I'm sure they're exactly the same. Like, oh, he cut the track, he went off, oh, oh yeah. he's crashed into it. They'd all be the same. Like anything, oh, yeah. to, anything to get the edge he, on your right. Could you imagine what Hunt said? <laughs> well, he, I reckon it's probably something that yeah. rhymes with that. I guess. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, actually, <laughs> even like playing F1 games, I, I'm well, the yeah, star, you're I, raging. You just rage. Yeah, like, and you, that doesn't. Well, it doesn't. I say that. Sorry, esports people. <laughs> it, it doesn't matter. Like compared to. A Formula but One. You're this still, is that. Yeah, still the and you're still raging. Still like, yeah, and... just think what, think what people say on Twitter during a race, and then think that you're the actual driver. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah it's your. Take radio messages with a pinch of salt. Yeah. Although Alonso <clears> came out this weekend also saying that he thinks that um, F1 oh, yeah. are obsessed with his radio messages yes. and mm. play them play them too often. Stop being so Stop being a meme memeable. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and something like they don't, they obviously they pick <clears throat> they pick the juiciest ones that they're yeah. allowed to transmit. And there, but there is a limit, right? There's a limit mm. agreed of how much that they can share on, on the television. Um, but. If you're giving a ton of chatter and everyone else is relatively quiet, of course they're going to pick yeah. you. Especially yeah. when you're just insulting the team or insulting yeah. someone. Like, just yeah. don't say anything. Yeah. Like, could you imagine like, if he went for one race and just kind of gave one word answers? Just say anything, yeah. Just, just replied with pick confirm or something. That was it. Yeah. That would be uh, an interesting one. Uh, just quickly again on the Red Bull versus Renault war thing. There was that Christian Horner... Um, yeah, statement which was really quite interesting he said i'm not going to get drawn into saying too much but we pay multi-millions of pounds for these engines for a first class product a state-of-the-art product and you can see it's quite clearly some way below that so it is frustrating that is what it is we still have daniel in the race now we'll let cyril come up with his excuses afterwards like and i love that right i'm not gonna say i'm not gonna say anything but yeah, <laughs> yeah. like act actually drawn like, into saying too their much relationship like, is like dreadful so sour and to, yeah uh, cyril um on it is, there was a quote from him today that he said something like uh at Renault, we've not been listening to what christian horn has said since 2015 <laughs> <laughs> which is like whoa also i think whoa. you know again i know i know it's not exactly the same thing but had had Renault been breaking down all the time then maybe you go, okay, there's something not quite right with that engine. Yeah, but it's always but Red Bull. It's isn't always it? Red Bull. And um, it's always it's always the um the yeah. battery yeah. that goes wrong. And without causing some massive insane conspiracy theory. <laughs> Please. But <laughs> like, <laughs> I'm, not too much. I'm not yeah. gonna I'm not gonna um, come out with some sweeping statement, but Yeah, but uh I remember last year when um Tor- uh, Renault were catching Torosso in the championship. And there was all those allegations that um, they were the, all the Renault started failing at the Torosso at the end of the year when Renault needed to catch up in the championship, and now R- Red Bull have terminated their contract. I saw someone, probably one of the comments on mm. our thing, said, you know, like now it started failing again because I think um, wasn't uh, I can't remember if it was this weekend or last weekend that Ricardo wanted a new engine and Renault were like, nah. I I, there was something there was really? some kind of hoo-ha oh. about they weren't giving yeah, wasn't parts it? yeah it was it was the last race last race it was germany right germany yeah uh, i think yeah used parts yeah them, because they were he was he was in an interview on one of the tv um broadcasters this weekend trying to explain what happened in germany and he basically said yeah we asked for a new part and Renault said no yeah so they're now just like no you're right yeah wow. and i guess and that's... obviously like Renault, Renault. Renault their mission statement is to be the best Renault powered car on the grid oh yeah mm. 
orcs. <laughs> Tin foil hats, everyone. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but then you think it's like if they get found out for doing that, that's like illegal, and they could get sued. Of course. For oh, and, yeah. You know, yeah, we don't. When here at WTF One, we don't want to start cause like we don't want to be the root of conspiracy. Or yeah, exactly. Like We're completely unbiased. Disclaimer. Just Claire. Quite a funny uh, moment again and to do with Red Bull at Brandon underscore Grimmer one was uh, his th- three word race review was big dick energy. Uh, I don't know if you saw this, Jess. Did I you did. see this yet? Ricardo. <laughs> so Ricardo was in the cockpit uh, and one of his mechanics just turned over some kind of sheet or whatever and it said BDE and uh, he just comes over the team radio and says big dick energy. Big dick energy. Uh, some kind of rival to Red Bull energy drinks. Yeah. Well, maybe yeah. maybe that was his like mindset for the race. Big yeah. dick energy. Yeah. I mean, to yeah. be fair, yeah, yeah. he brought it. He like bring big yeah. dick. Yeah. On on a on a <laughs> on a track. <laughs> Jesus. <his> big dick. <laughs> on a racetrack that's meant it's it's Monaco without walls. Apparently, mm. up to P four. Yeah, he had a pretty good car, there, didn't he? So, but he did do a good a good drive for sure. Like he 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 saw off a lot of. Um, yeah. He was he was like he was on fire. Yeah. I think you know, and, and my prediction for this race was that he would cross the line on fire. I think technically I'm correct. <laughs> You're like actually I meant metaphorically. That's <laughs> exactly. On fire. You didn't say whether on fire I meant swearing actually. At <laughs> yeah. There we go. See. Yeah. But I think I think he had a great race. Yeah. No, he did have a really good race. Just wasn't um, driver of the day. Oh, that's what we're about to come on. <laughs> Ricardo was voted driver of the day. Who were ours? Tommy, you just said he wasn't driver of the day. Who was driver of the Gasly. day? Gasly. Hundred percent. Yeah, drive of the weekend. Yeah. Just uh, say, yeah. How he managed to keep his Toro Rosso there, well, and you, so far ahead yeah, of the house as well. Qualifies so well, and then you just think, well, he's going to get mugged by both Renaults, both Haas, his Haas's. <laughs> I need to think about that all the time. Um, yeah, like, but he kept P six the whole race. Really good pace. Yeah, just. Such a good drive. And interestingly, science dropped way back. Yeah, that's what I mean. Like, yeah, science, he, he got mugged he just... right at the start. <laughs> he got what? mugged off. Who was who mugged. hit science? Yeah. Yeah, it was Verstappen hit science, but then Ericsson yeah. just locomotive. <laughs> <laughs> like, How that didn't end either yeah. of their races is beyond me. I don't Ericsson know Marcus... was very dehydrated, clearly. <laughs> yeah. He was seeing things at that point. <laughs> He'd been on drunk... the grid too long. I've <laughs> <laughs> been drunk for two years. <laughs> <laughs> there was just a massive can of big dick energy on the, on the track. Wow. wow. <laughs> and there's the thumbnail. <laughs> <laughs> that is definitely the quote. Um, yeah, I think I have to agree. Yeah, Gasly didn't come into my mind, but yeah, I think Mainly because he wasn't seen throughout the race. He was in no man's land and, another, and came, like, came like home Grosjean in sick, last week, which, another midfield guy that just yeah. does really well, but there's no mention. I think if he'd just finished sixth, maybe like scraped ahead of everyone else, I maybe wouldn't have chosen him. But it was the fact that he had pulled a gap to the horses. Uh, Brendan Hartley was out the points. Sorry, Ali. And, um, you <laughs> know, it, and it was just, yeah, it was a great drive from him. So Gasly for me. And uh, you're going to say Lewis Hamilton. No, actually, I'm not. Oh, oh. okay. I think like, obviously Lewis had a very good weekend. But he didn't do. I don't know. He didn't, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> <laughs> my brain oh, shuts. My brain shuts down. <laughs> Trying to think of someone. I don't think he had like an amazing weekend. Like he he did everything right. Did um, have an amazing weekend. Got pole. Won got pole. One by <laughs> in the wet. No, I have to say, like, I think I think his his qualifying lap for me was was Decent. just outstanding. Decent. Decent. Um, and I I love watching him in the wet. <laughs> <laughs> That's now the thumbnail. Yeah, book. <laughs> the thumbnail is changing <laughs> relentlessly during this podcast. I feel like 
every time we get to the end of this podcast, I just you just come out just with, some, come out with some strange things. Um, so you like so, watching him when when he's wet? No, when, when uh, in the wet. In the wet. In the wet. Yeah. Okay. okay. Yeah, sure. Um, but Ricardo is my driver of the day. Okay. Purely based on the fact that he pulled off some pretty stellar overtakes on a track where apparently overtaking is not the one. So for me, driver of the day, Ricardo. January. So I agree with the, with the general. Census. Cool. Excellent. Uh, before the next race, which is a long way away now, unfortunately, oh, yeah. sad news. Uh, mm. Some also sad that news was uh, was Force India going into administration. Yeah. Uh, and obviously that will be sad, the big sad. news going into the summer break. Can they can they get bought out by Lawrence Stroll? Probably. Uh, even though they, mm. everyone thinks it'll be terrible for Formula One, I personally think it will be as well. I mean, come on. What kind of a driver do you have to be to get your daddy to yeah. buy you Dad, a team? Can you buy Mercedes, please? Yeah. It's, I mean, an, it's okay. an interesting new uh, sort of motorsport ladder that normally you kind of work your way up through the field on talent but instead your dad just buys the teams yeah and you slowly like next will be like maybe renault and then that he'll buy ferrari and put a stroll in there <laughs> <laughs> then he'll buy the sport <laughs> yeah i mean he will be the only driver <laughs> i mean getting back back mm. maybe taking a step back before we go full throttle on stroll full stroll i stroll. full stroll um like obviously, the thing is, like I can't decide in my mind. Like, is it genuinely him buying a team for his son, or is it just the case that he wants to invest in F one and he has the means to do so? I think it's probably both because yeah. Force India is a great investment. It just, Trump, it just yeah. must be like it must be really hard for oh poor little billionaire son stroll. Um, world's smallest violin that was, by the way, not me. Just having an episode and the Twitter voice <laughs> at the same time. <laughs> uh, yeah, I know, right, but. I, a part of me does feel sorry for him because he is never going to prove to the motorsport community that he deserves that seat. He can't. Never. Yeah, that's the thing. Even if he was talented enough, no one will ever say that he deserved that seat. Well, yeah, he dominated he the F3 seat. title and people still just get away exactly. with the pay driver. Exactly. And whatever so, he does, like you say, he can't do it. I mean, it's hard to feel sorry for a son of a billionaire that's yeah. been bought. But at the end of the day... He didn't if, ask to be the son of a billionaire. Yeah. If my dad wanted to buy an F1 team and said, do you want to drive? I'd be like, hell yeah. <laughs> Let's move back to Force India. So, so what do we think oh, yeah, at so RoboHamster01? What do you think <clears throat> of the whole situation at Force India? And at RUW underscore football underscore F1 says, please, your views on Force India. It's, it's sad. It's, yeah, it is very sad, obviously. But it's interesting um, that obviously it was all pushed into place by Perez. And everyone was kind of like, why the hell would mm. Perez, like this is his team. Why would Perez obviously, um, they owe him a lot of money. Um, but it, I'm glad that it was, it was then communicated that actually it was in good faith and it's actually to save the team. You've got to feel sorry for him that he's put in that situation. Essentially like he's there to drive the car, not try and save the team on, on his own. It's again, like it's just such a rubbish situation. And while it was a big shame when Manor, Caterham and HRT ended up going, you kind of understand that they entered formula one thinking there'd be a budget cap there wasn't yeah but for a team that finished fourth and is punching so far above their weight to Go be to in this situation yeah. it's like there's something clearly wrong with the sport if that happens mm. i mean i think obviously you have to look at management and go 
yeah were resources put where resources should be put but yeah. i agree yeah i agree tommy it does put a massive spotlight on the fact that the current payment system in f1 is not fair mm-hmm. um and even more unfair is the fact not that gonna get it now. williams <laughs> and mclaren have made a move to stop them and renault and renault i believe have yes. made a move to stop them receiving their prize money. their prize money at yeah. the end of the year Wow, that's a dick move. So, I mean, I, I, I've not I'm seen the statements mm. from the teams as yeah. to why they've done mm. that. But for me, like, you know, it's it just feels unsportsmanlike. To try and kill off a team. To kill off a team. A sport that's better than you. Especially Williams. Like, Jesus Christ. Yeah. A, a team that, that deserves could, the most help out of anybody yeah, on could, the grid. Yeah, they could easily be in the same situation. But then I've also seen that uh, Force India did the same to Manor. So a lot of people are like... What goes around, comes around. Yeah. Mm. I mean, yeah, I I think I I wasn't aware of that. So maybe, but, you know, for me, like F1, F1 needs teams that bring added extra to the sport. And I think Force India is one of those teams. Hopefully in the next few weeks... It shouldn't be up to the teams They'll to have save, a is what I'm trying to say. It no, shouldn't no, be up yeah. to the teams to save their... I, I 100% no, do not doubt It should be down to the, be to, yeah, to the powers that be to go yeah we'll pay you prize money you've raced x amount of races you've finished when you finished why the hell should it be i mean i guess it's because the teams form part of the governing body Mm. and therefore they have a right to vote um but it does smack of being unfair because you can just take your competitors out like that anyway bullet point is in a couple of weeks force india should have a new buyer yeah i I have no doubt that they will be bought out big dick energy big dick energy gonna buy big dick dick racing um Wow, let's let's wow. move on to the predictions. Uh, so we have three predictions. That yeah, we're can we move on quickly because it is bloody yeah. hot in here? Yes, uh, and uh, Ali would be losing losing his mind at the amount of time we've gone on for. But it's fine. Oh um, three random predictions uh, for each of us over the course of the summer break. So we're not going to do predictions for the race purely because it's so long away. Uh, but we're going to do three random predictions that we think will happen in the F1 world. Mm. My three are Lewis will tell us not to eat meat at least twice on social media. <laughs> He's using his platform, Matty. He's using for his platform. Good. I know, but th- there's using his platform and then there's just just going along a, a story and then a cow's being killed. And you're like, well, that's that's brilliant. That is um, true. He's a bit extreme. It's, 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 it's better than he's trying to make a point. Whatever. Um, so I think he'll do that twice. Uh, Lawrence Stroll will buy Force India. I think that will unfortunately be the case. But uh, I think there'll be other buyers, but I just for some reason think that will happen. And Daniel ricardo will re-sign with red bull nice your three please my three uh, i'm definitely not reading them off your laptop yeah. i rem- definitely remember they're what here I said. if you want them as well uh i brought i brought the kimmy raikkonen will be re-signed as well good joke which um <laughs> your friends are going to be raging the ones that have been on the tour for kimmy raikkonen's farewell for the last four years yeah five years. Sh- yeah you're gonna have to go on tour again guys well, sorry I was, I was convinced that he would go but he's been really good recently to be fair to him and yep. i think that and he's integrating his son to the sport a little bit as well yeah just, yeah maybe okay uh which team though with ferrari salver oh <laughs> sorry what kimmy kimmy will kimmy. just re-sign with ferrari he's he gonna yeah with ferrari. so not sorry, yeah. okay um yeah and there'll be some kind of f1 track that gets into trouble and yeah probably silverstone and they'll be like oh we need we're going to donnington instead and it won't happen but there'll be some kind of massive hoo-ha over money and all that kind of stuff and a driver will have a minor accident during the summer break probably on like a jet ski or a bike i know um last year there was a great story that marcus erickson crashed his bike into a chicken (laughs) and uh hurt his arm so i'm hoping uh f1 drives if you're listening uh you've got to top that okay and Don't just... get too injured, but, you know. Also, Jack Aitken 
Yeah. He managed to mangle his leg in a bike chain oh, the last time he yeah. was on holiday, didn't he? There we he? go. So someone's going to do it. Okay. Jess? My three are kind of going along your lines, Matthew. But Lewis I think um, Lewis will hashtag bless us with a sunset picture and some inspirational quotes about love. Um, no, probably done that right now. Yeah. During this probably. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> probably. But, you know, we need more love in the world. So that's a good yeah. thing. Um, I think Matty will find over three ways to mention Charles on Twitter. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. He retweeted me my last tweet and I didn't even tag him. I was like, what? It must be lost love. my shoe. Um, <laughs> <laughs> did any of your followers tag him in the comments i don't know he follows me so it's fine he's sort of timeline cheers Charles. um and my my other random one is um one of the drivers will get engaged Charles to matt yes (laughs) yes oh my god that'd be like the cutest wedding ever wouldn't it we did get a comment about some fan fiction you and oh god can you please yeah can you please please do that because that would be amazing whoever you are So uh, we're going to create a bingo chart and post it ahead of the Belgian Grand Prix. Uh, yeah, you can so take them off throughout the weekend, Tommy. Yeah. Well, I don't know well, if it's going to work summer break. summer break. Summer break. We'll just post it and we can see what, see what happens. If it happens, we'll post it again with that bit. With a bit crossed, crossed out. out. So the, uh, the predictions that we have put out, um, I'm talking to that one, nice. Um, you can also share your crazy predictions in the comments if you're still with us, which you, of course, will be. Or tweet us if you're listening on audio and uh, we'll see some funny stuff. We'll uh, have a look. We're going to do like a mid-season podcast, aren't we? Like just to review what's 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 happened. When, and, uh, uh, when Force India get bought and right were signed and all that kind of yeah, stuff. Yeah, Basically, that. we just can't stand the fact that we might not get to we chat shit for and we like just really we weeks. just really want to be in this cupboard as well it's yeah. so I mean, I cool it. in here it's, nice. it's, it's so roasting. nice i am roasting manos our cameraman <laughs> is actually melting away <laughs> right <laughs> and on that note i think we should say goodbye do you goodbye i want to get goodbye. some fresh air no so uh <laughs> thank you very much for watching this episode 12 or of listening. the wtf1 podcast watching listening Feeling, feeling, absorbing. We love you absorbing. all and love conquers all. Oh, Jesus. Oh, okay. Um, big dick <laughs> energy. I think that's a better, <laughs> better one to end it on. We'll see you soon for the mid-season podcast. Bye, guys. Bye. Bye. With LinkedIn Jobs, we tap into a network of more than a billion professionals to help you find quality professionals quickly and easily for any role you need. Marketing wizards? Found them. Software engineers? Found. That project manager I could never seem to hire? And found. LinkedIn Jobs quickly matches your roles with candidates with the right skills and experience. In fact, 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. Post your first job for free and get started at linkedin.com slash spoken. That's linkedin.com slash spoken. Terms and conditions apply.